are done with high school. I am so excited to start college. What course are you taking? I'll be taking accountancy. Really? You? You've always hated numbers. Why that? Because I want to be a famous chef. Huh? What's the connection? Hmm, you didn't know? Having an accountancy degree will help me land a good paying job at the bank. I will save up for 10 years, get into culinary school, then I'll be a famous chef. Ah, okay. But what about you? Well, I'm taking up nursing so that I can buy a yacht. Huh? I didn't know nurses earn so much. Yeah, they don't. But when I'm a nurse, maybe one of my patients will be a rich old man on his deathbed. I'll befriend him and get him to will me his yacht. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Banana Q Podcast. D, it's March, and that usually is the time for graduation in the Philippines. So we thought a good topic to cover was our college days. Yes! Hop into this time machine and join us as we reminisce about our late teenage years. So, in the Philippines, back then, anyway, we used to start college at around 17 years old. But I think now that changed. I think they added like an additional grade or two in elementary. But when I was 17, my life changed forever. As Jamie said in that <laughs> book, A Walk to Remember. Uh, I wanted to start about why I chose my school and my course. I took a Bachelor of Science in Accountancy in Ateneo de Sambuanga University. It wasn't actually my choice. It was my parents who insisted that I should take up accountancy because it was the practical option. Mm. In the Philippines, right, it's not like in America where you can follow your dreams and all that. It's about what (laughs) course would lead to more jobs. That is why there are a lot of people who took up nursing. Mm. It's not because people really love to be nurses. I I think I remember Jokoy had an episode about this, right? Ah, yes. There are nurses who like to dance or something and he was mimicking a nurse dancing while doing his job. So anyway, for my college, I actually had a scholarship. My mom was working for the government. So because of that, I was entitled to apply for a government scholarship or the GSIS scholarship, which is called the Government Service Insurance System. So anyway, I applied for the scholarship. I needed to take an exam along with everyone who wanted to apply for a scholarship in the entire Philippines. There were only like 25 slots available at the time. And then I managed to get one of them. Wow, awesome. And actually, there were five people in Zamboanga who managed to get slots. And GSS Zamboanga was so proud that they invited us to their office and to take a photo. And we were published in the newspaper, the Zamboanga newspaper, because of this. <laughs> <laughs> did you keep a copy of that newspaper or is it framed somewhere? Yeah, I did. Unfortunately, it was eaten by termites at some point. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> I anymore sorry yeah (laughs) okay so how about you we are very similar d so we're similar that i've taken up the same course as you bachelor's of science in accountancy in the university of san carlos in cebu city and i'm also a scholar unlike you you were a government scholar my benefactor was on the private side so it's actually a business. It's called KFF Foundation. So what they did is they looked for students who are keen on studying but couldn't afford uh, the high tuitions mm. that universities kind of impose. So there's an exam. 
there's an interview and I passed. And without the scholarship, I don't think I was, I'm, I'm able to afford tuition fee for that school. We were really lucky that we got scholarships. I actually couldn't go to Atenea if I wanted to unless I had a scholarship. The accountancy, was it your choice? Did you want that course or not? Ah, yes. Unlike you, my, my parents really didn't care what I wanted to take because I have a scholarship anyways. So be, before graduating high school, uh, my school had this career guidance week wherein they would invite professionals to our school they would uh, describe to us what their profession is oh, about nice. hopefully to entice people also in inviting to their profession right but quite frankly that event that symposium made me more confused <laughs> because there's a lot more choices before maybe i was only considering two or three courses but now i had like five oh, or no. six because you know the, the speakers were so nice they were so influential i was like oh that is quite nice <laughs> Ooh, being a physicist actually is very good so it's yeah. like it made me more confused but then ultimately you know we we're very young back then right i mean the decisions that we, we were not fully aware of the implications of our decisions. But then to finalize my decision, I thought, okay, what are the subjects that I'm good ah. at? And I, I recall, I'm re I really love algebra. And at the same time, I love money. <laughs> okay. And the combination of both is accountancy. <laughs> right. And that's why I, I took accountancy. It's like counting money that's not yours. So oh, what was your course in, in Ateneo also five years? No, no. I, I, during my time, it was just four years. But our summers were filled so we had to take three summers. So ah. it was kind of like five years anyway, I would I would guess. So our school had it five years. Yeah, but the last semester that we had to spend on our fifth year was actually a review of all the topics, all the subjects that will be covered in the licensure exam. So technically, once you graduate from university, you can immediately take the CPA licensure exam. And that's what we did. Most of us did. Because we don't want to spend another maybe three to six months to review. For us, it wasn't like that. So we graduated in March like most people. And then we went to review in Manila. So the exam mm. is around October, right? Uh, there's one in May and there's one in October. For you, you could immediately take it in May or not? Yeah. Uh, that's good then because for and us... That's what we did. Yeah, mm. for us, no. we I think we reviewed from June to... October, I guess. And at the time, there was no good review school in Zamboanga, so we usually had to do the review in Manila. But that was also an interesting part because for some of us who had never left their homes, so that was a independence move. <laughs> like, you know, oh, uh, this yes. is what dorm life is like and all that stuff. How about we talk about the differences between college life and high school life? Now, there are a lot. And maybe the one that's on top is... The kind of schedules that we had during college, it was very different from high school. In high school, it's usually set. Morning till afternoon, you have a fixed schedule, you have a fixed set of classmates, but in university, that's very different. You have like a total shock, right? Because every subject, you have a different set of classmates. Yeah, there were block sections, so you kept most of your classmates but there were some subjects wherein you had new faces because these were people who probably decided to choose their own schedule. They wanted to maybe, let's say, keep TTH free for, I don't know, if they had jobs or something. So they crammed all their subjects into MWF, something like that, right? <laughs> yes, so you would yes. see these people in there with you. And also, we needed to change classrooms a lot. In high school, it's just one classroom. You stay the entire day in there. And the teachers came to you, but then college yeah. is different. So you have to go and go to the other classrooms. And one big difference as well is the way we eat during school 
hours because in high school, there's a designated canteen. And I don't know in your school, but in, in my previous high school, we are not allowed to step out of the school during lunch break. So we are forced to either bring our own food or consume whatever's available in the cafeteria. In college, we have a very small canteen, so chances are people would usually step out. And we actually had a favorite carinderia or what we call an eatery, very close to the university. And it's actually ran by a family. And what they did is they temporarily changed their living room as a makeshift dining space during school hours. Yeah, that's a good idea yeah. for them. So it's, it's a very cozy place. And why I like that place is aside from, you know, it's run by a family, it's very affordable. Okay, so now let's talk about the types of classmates that we had. Well, our school was one of the prestigious schools in Cebu. So it did have a few rich kids. So this is the rich kid classmate. Okay. I'm not talking only about the kind of classmates that would have the latest gadget, but also, you know, driving their own cars to school. Ooh, That's fancy. Kind of, uh, a different level of rich, right? Well, what I did notice though, even though I had a lot of classmates who are rich, they were also the most generous and most humble people that I've really known. So I really admire those people. And most especially those that are incognito rich. We, we had a lot of classmates who are not from Cebu and only had to stay in a dormitory, right? Yep. But then during summer breaks, they would invite us, hey, why don't you visit us in Leyte? Why don't you visit us in Cagayan de Oro? And we would go. Then, oh my God, you guys has a, what's that? A hacienda. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's really special. That's nice of them that they're not very flashy or whatever. That's good. Mm. The other kind is a tindera. <laughs> okay, not the entrepreneur, <laughs> I would say. I guess they're trying to make money and they're usually selling stuff inside the classroom. Back then, it was very common to sell Avon products or Sarah Lee <laughs> or Ducky, the pillows. And then some of them were like selling food, yeah, corn yes. bits and chocolates, yema and all these things. And also back then, you know, the load, the prepaid card for cell phones, it wasn't like now where you could just buy a small amount like 10 pesos. Back then, you had to actually buy a prepaid card and the minimum price at the time was 300 pesos, which is a really huge amount of money. Mm. Usually, you cannot really afford that if you're a student. So I remember I had one of my classmates who would sell the prepaid cards on a debt like you could pay it in two gives or whatever <laughs> I see. yeah so. yeah 300 pesos is, is is a huge amount of money for a student yeah definitely good thing when i was studying in in college there already were you know small loads that you can buy mm. in piecemeal like 10 pesos you can even buy like unlimited text for seven days yeah, automatically yeah, yeah. once you pay a certain amount. I mean, the, the prices as well has gone down significantly, right? Over the years. And also, that is the reason why back then you have to text creatively, like shorten everything. Ah. Because there's only, <laughs> is it 100? No, it's 60 characters. How many characters was it per text? Oh, I forgot. That's why before it was very common to like, you know, use a combination of numbers and letters. It's very shortcut mm. to the point that you don't even understand what the heck is she trying to say? Like one time somebody texted <laughs> AC2ALY. And we said, is that Ak Ak Ali? But actually, it's actually, you know? Actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, very confusing. Great. Not helpful in improving your vocabulary skills and spelling skills, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, the kind of opposite to the tindera or the entrepreneur is the parasite. That classmate who always asks and begs for something either yellow pads 
two-column journals, worksheets, whatever. Even ball pens, right? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's annoying because they won't return your ball pen. I really hate it when they do that. Yeah, I did have a lot of classmates who did that as well. Like that, Even calculators, some are, are too parasitic that they don't even bring a calculator i don't know for whatever reason they were like oh i forgot about it like it's an exam it's an accounting course right like why on earth (laughs) don't you have a calculator it's the number one thing that you're supposed to have when you're an accountancy student i mean if you're genuinely either forgotten your calculator or bullpen that's fine but if ever you borrow something and you return it please return it in this exact same quality yeah (laughs) somebody actually borrows a bullpen and then actually bit on the back <laughs> portion of the ballpoint pen which is disgusting and you know yeah, unsanitary please don't do that yeah no <laughs> You're right. And it's not yours. You you borrowed it. Why would you do that? Yeah, sometimes I would deliberately pretend that I don't have a pen to lend because you've learned your lesson. Even though you put your name on it, for some reason, sometimes they still don't return it. And then you will just suddenly see one day, hey, isn't that mine? There's like a purple name Heidi on it. That's obviously my pen. <laughs> There's a proof. You know, if you borrow something, you should return it without the owner actually coming after you guys. It's just basic human courtesy. So the next type of classmate that we had is the provinciana or someone who came from the province. So Sambuanga City and Cebu City are the cities. And that means there are people who live in the rural areas who would usually go to study in Cebu and in Sambuanga City. And usually these are the people who lived in boarding houses. Now the thing is, we've noticed in like the TV shows and movies that it's common for the universities to have dormitories inside a campus, right? Or even the frat dorms and sorority dorms. Yeah, yes. We don't have those. <laughs> what happens in the Philippines instead is that the people who are living around the school are wise enough to be entrepreneurial and then they decide to rent out their houses to these students. Yes. So I had a lot of classmates who came from the rural areas. For your classmates, they were the rich kids, right? But for me, it was the opposite. They came from the rural areas. Usually, they're not very rich. They came because they had scholarships. Very intelligent people as well. The reason why they managed to get there because they are the cream of the crop. You know, they're the valedictorians or something of their schools back there. And that is why they have scholarships. Usually because they live not with their parents, right? You could hang out at their boarding houses with them. Yes. One memorable uh, moment that I had with one of these classmates, she was one of my barcada or what's barcada in English? gang <laughs> not the bad gang okay <laughs> not the bad kind of gang part of your circle yeah yeah your close friends uh-huh. basically so she had a boarding house which is just across our school so it's very convenient mm. and then one night that boarding house burned down Ooh. she had fallen asleep while studying for a political science class which wasn't even a major oh, subject no. but our teacher was very strict So that was like her major subject for that semester. She fell asleep hugging the political science book. And then when she woke up, like I think somebody was yelling because the house was burning and all that. So she ran out with just the political science book. And that is all that she (laughs) saved, guys. And of course, the clothes that she had on. But like, what? (laughs) Well, that must have been very traumatic, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think of course, yeah. When you're half asleep and somebody's shouting at you, fire, the fire. house is burning, the boarding house is fire, fire, fire. I would have done the same, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny, actually, that <laughs> she was hugging the political like, It's not even something very expensive or important. That's how important it was to her. That's quite funny now, of course. When we talk about it, we laugh about it. But of course, back then, of course, it was traumatic for her. 
The next classmate is the lazy boy. Now, during college, we had a lot of projects that need to be done in groups, be it feasibility studies, research papers, you name it, we have it. And that's because the university also wants to promote teamwork. Um, not just you know individual performance. And whenever we have a project, there's always that one person who is very lazy and doesn't want to participate yeah. and just shows up, you know, during submission time. That hey, my name needs to be there. We are part of the group. It's like what? <laughs> but you didn't contribute any. So I learned my lessons the hard way, right? Obviously, naive as I was, I was confident that whenever roles and responsibilities are distributed amongst peers, you know, people would usually follow. That that's what I would do. But that's what I projected people would do. But that's not what happened. Like there was one person who did not do her role and it was instrumental to the project. Oh no. Everything else fell down. What happened? I think we flunked that project. Oh no. Or be a pasang awa score. Or... Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. It, it is annoying. And so in future projects, I really ensured that constant follow up. Mm. Or I think the best way to ensure everybody contributes is to do it together in one location. Uh, yeah. And that's why boarding houses became very handy because whoever is staying in a boarding house, we would go there and do the project together. That way, every Everybody is supposed to do what they're supposed to do. And there's checks and balances along the way. Sometimes you cannot choose your group mates, right? There are moments when the teacher divides yeah. <laughs> you and you don't really have a choice. But of course, during the moments when you are given the option to choose your group mates, you end up like choosing your gang. Because you know that they are reliable, they're responsible, that if you assign them something, they will do it. Or if they can't do it, they will tell yeah. you. So that's why it's better to choose people you know. But actually, those projects are fun if you're with your friends anyway, right? Yes. Usually because you have to work late, like there are moments when, you know, you have to sleep overnight at somebody's house because you need to work on this project or whatever. In the end, you all pull through and those are like your bonding moments and those are fun. And one of my most memorable moments in regards to that, we were doing a project at my house and then we had this dog and he is actually not a very friendly dog. Like even I was afraid of him <laughs> because he has bitten someone what? before. <laughs> okay. So oh, his no. name was Chippy. Chippy, the, the snacks? Yeah, the snacks. And the other dog was Pepsi. So they go together. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends is actually very scared of dogs. And I thought, don't worry, that's just Pepsi. Pepsi's not really a fierce dog. She's okay. And the one that we should worry about is Chibi, but it's okay, he's tied up and okay, they were fine. And one suddenly, like a few minutes later, they saw like, wait, is that Chibi or Pepsi? I said, oh my God, that's Chibi. <gasps> she was barking at us and I was also afraid of our own dog. And then they were like crying mm. and screaming and then they ended up standing on top of a glass table. Can you believe it? Like a coffee oh, no. table with a glass top. They were on top of it and they were like hugging each other and, and crying, Chibi! <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, my dad arrived and then, you know, he took Chippy away. But that was like one of the most hilarious moments that we still talk about now. Yeah. <laughs> Very traumatic experience. Yeah, you're right. It, it builds friendship, right? Yeah. These projects. Because you underwent a lot of stress and fun together. And I think that's one, we haven't mentioned one perk of having rich kids as part of your group is your access to everything is a lot easier. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. We, I recall we had this project and th this project was about mapping cultures of specific locations. Uh, and what that means is you go to a place and you would map who is the oldest person, what is the oldest tree, Ooh. so that you preserve somehow a record uh, of that location. And my classmate just simply said, let's go to Dumaguete. To wow, so far away oh my god <laughs> and we went yeah it was fun and he sponsored everything 
Oh, we spent, but of course, majority of the expenses was somehow covered by the benevolent rich kid. <laughs> so it, it was it was really fun. We didn't have that in my group. We were all scholars, so we were all just like poor kids. <laughs> so moving on, we have our next student, which is a teacher's pet. So there is someone who is always <laughs> raising her hand and talking in class. Sometimes she's really actually smart, like Hermione Granger in the Harry Potter series. But sometimes she's just very showboaty. And most of the time, the other classmates just are really irritated with this person. <laughs> There she is again. Like, you know, even the teacher gets irritated after a while. Like, anybody else? <laughs> Pretending <laughs> I'm not seeing any, any raised hands. And a very similar person to the teacher's pet is the nanning. So this is the person who's very studious. Mm. Who, who tries to overachieve what needs to be done. If, if it's an exam, that person would bring a lot of reference materials, a lot of Xerox copies of different books just to study for the exam. And a lot of people want to sit beside you in exams <laughs> to, to feel the confidence. I don't know, maybe to sneak a peek. I don't know. But it's just being with nanning people beside you during the exam somehow with help your score. No, or, or actually, if you want to cheat, it's easiest to cheat from the nanning. <laughs> <laughs> so probably the nanning would get correct answers. But did you have also photocopying companies? We have what we call printing presses surrounding the school that would actually allow you to bring a book and they would photocopy the entire book. Yeah. So if you want to save some pesos right instead of buying the actual book that would cost maybe 500 pesos you can photocopy it a quarter of the price oh, of course that's illegal yeah. <laughs> because it has broken a lot of copyright rules <laughs> funnily enough we have a teacher who actually authored a book and we're using her book for the curriculum and then a classmate of ours actually did a photocopy and she was so pissed because <laughs> of course. Uh, i mean naturally right <laughs> yeah. I mean, her book getting photocopied it's it's a mortal sin <laughs> You're doing it in front of the authors. Yes, and she doesn't get any royalties from that. And yeah, of course, we had those as well. And the nanny is also a good source of notes, right? Mm. We would also photocopy her notebook. Yeah, because back then, camera phones weren't that good. Maybe your time, you already had them. But during my time, we didn't even have cameras at all in our phones. I remember the first ah. camera phone came out around the time when we were already reviewing for the CPA board exam. And one of my rich mm. kid classmates had that it was a nokia i don't remember which one mm. and we were like "Ooh, but that one is like very like it's probably 0.3 megapixel or something i don't know <laughs> yes, like yes, you know yes. something like that but back then it was already like wow <laughs> wow you have a camera <laughs> you're right we had to photocopy because you couldn't just take photos mm. of the board or somebody's notebook i would say it was part nanning before but Nobody would borrow my notebook because nobody could understand my handwriting. <laughs> so <laughs> worked out well, I suppose. I did take notes and all that, of course, which brings me to the last type of students, which I think I was, which is the crammer. So this student actually cares about her grades. She takes notes and all that. But then she's like not as overly studious like the nanning. The nanning like is very paranoid. She doesn't have a life anymore because she always studies every day. Whereas the crammer usually just studies the night before an exam. 
you know, something significant that would impact her grade. So I was a crammer. Are you also a crammer? Yeah, I was a crammer too. Probably because still a lot of our examinations before, I, I recall, a lot of them required a lot of memory. Like yeah. you, for as long as you memorize the formulas, for as long as you memorize the actual text in the book, it would go a long way. If you compare that with the emphasis, perhaps outside of the Philippines, where critical thinking is graded a lot more versus, I don't know, that's just my feeling, but maybe you're that's right. why cramming works because if it's just a memory-based exam anyways, the closer you are studying to the exam, the, the better chances of you retaining whatever it is that you've studied. That is true. So I think that was one of the downside, actually, studying college. Like, if you ask me now what I remember about what I learned in college, there's only a handful of topics that I can confidently say I learned this, I studied this in college because most of them are just at the very superficial layer of memory, I would say. True, that is the disadvantage on relying on memorization and maybe you're right, that's why we crammed. Actually also because for me, I actually went to all my classes most of the time. I rarely played true want. So I was still fine because I, I made a point to listen to the teacher and for me, that's my main mode of learning. I actually absorb more more when mm. I listen rather than when I just read on my own. You know, like I hate those teachers wherein you had to study by yourself basically. Like what is the point of you being a teacher, right? So I guess that was fine. That's why I could cram because anyway, I already know more or less probably that's what I thought. So like I could just do a little bit more studying right before the exam. Maybe that's what I felt. That's why I was a crammer. But one of the most memorable moments I had with this cramming incident was at dawn and I was supposed to study the night before but being me, I like, oh, I'm sleepy. I'll just wake up tomorrow at dawn to study for a long quiz in accounting. And then I woke up and then I started studying. My mom came into my bedroom and said, you don't have school today. I said, oh, what are you talking about? Why don't I have school? I have an exam. And then she's saying, can't you hear the sounds? There's gunfire. There's actually a war going on. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere <laughs> like not close to my barangay it was like a few barangays away so the sound was very faint probably didn't really hear that we had landlines back then so like I called my classmates to confirm yeah yeah there's no exam yay which is weird why are we cheering when there's a war going on yeah. but a few minutes later suddenly someone called back and the mood shifted because one of our teachers had been captured <gasps> so he said turn on the TV look at the news so our teacher not the accountancy that is another teacher had been captured along mm. with his family oh no so they had mm. captured like a bunch of people from their area and then they put a rope around them and then our teacher was mm. the one at the very front and in front of him was his 8 year old daughter oh no and one of the terrorists had this huge armalite you know the big gun pointed at the little girl. Mm. Throughout the day, we were turning on the TV, seeing what's going on. How did it all turn out? Was there any casualty? Or? Luckily, there wasn't any. Okay, good. I don't really remember what they negotiated for, but they let everyone go. So everyone was fine. Mm. But my teacher was traumatized. He used to be a very cheerful person. And then after that, like you could tell, if you look at his eyes, they're not the same. So he was traumatized for like maybe a year before he became back to his normal jolly self. Yeah, so it's a life-altering event. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. So speaking of teachers, we're not going to list all the types of teachers, but we will just be talking about what types of teachers we like. So for me, the kind of teacher that I liked was someone who was passionate about teaching. That is actually not very common. Per semester, maybe, you could count 
on one hand, the number of teachers who are very passionate about what they are doing. Yeah. And let's be honest, accounting is not really a very exciting subject to teach. Yes. And usually, if a teacher was very passionate, I love to listen to them. So like my highest grades were with these teachers. Yes. Yeah, it impacts you. You retain more of what he says. Like sometimes you don't even need to study very much. You just remember everything. So those are the kinds of teachers I like. Somebody with heart. Well, still related to heart. I also like the teachers that I ended up having crush on. I don't know why that was a thing also. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. If you take a look up your transcript of records and you, you know, try to do a study, is the teacher of this subject a hunk that I like? <laughs> then do a correlation if you really did well. I had the best grades with the teachers that were passionate or the ones that I was passionate about also. <laughs> so schools, please, whenever you hire teachers, consider them to be likable or crush material yes. for students. What about you? What type of teacher did you like? You've touched on this, right? Accounting is a very boring subject if taken really seriously. So I like teachers that have sense of humor that would insert practical jokes during the lesson uh, that would really, you know, help me. I, I would say inspire me to study more because, you know, the, the teacher is making a lot of effort in coming up with jokes and, you know, <laughs> try to stay relevant in his conversation. And I also like teachers that are strict for some reason, probably because I need that extra motivation to, you know, really study. And I used to recall we had this uh, accounting teacher that is so strict that he would ask questions around and if you can't answer you would remain standing you're not allowed to sit oh, down gosh. yeah he, he would discuss <laughs> again so you're still standing right you discuss again and then he would come up with another question and he will ask you again you again what is the answer to this? Still no? Sorry, are you accountancy student? He, he would really pressure. <laughs> oh, God. So we, we typically have two courses, right? Bachelor's of Science in Accountancy and Bachelor's of Science in Management Accounting. I don't know if it's the same. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the same for us. BSA or the accountancy has stricter rules. So you would have to maintain 2.0 in all your accounting subjects and all that. Whereas BSMA, you don't have that kind of rule. Retention policy, right? It's different. Yeah. The teacher would always ask, are you BSA? Or are you BSME? <laughs> are you B so sorry, are you BSA? Then why can't you answer? Oh god. We're, we're, yeah. He he keeps on pressuring BSA students that hey, you're studying this course in preparing for the licensure exam. If you don't do well now, you might as well just take another course because you're just wasting your time. So that was his point, which I appreciated in hindsight that he really put pressure on students because at the end of the day, you'll be thanking your teacher because he's able to push you towards what needs to be done rather than wasting your time. Yeah. If a teacher is too lax, then you don't really feel like you need to exert effort. Mm. So maybe that is why you liked strict teachers. Yeah. I think I also like not overly strict teachers, but just the right mix, I would say. Because the ones who are overly strict, like they're just strict because they just enjoy sowing terror into the hearts of students. I also don't like those. Ah, yeah. I don't like those. What's the point? <laughs> I think the ones who are strict but with reason, I, I like those. If you actually get a good grade with them, then you feel prouder of yourself. Of course, there are teachers that we like, but what about the ones that we didn't like? You know, I had this teacher, like he probably is the epitome of the teacher that I hated. He didn't know what he was talking about. And then like if there was an exam, if I forgot to study, I would just ramble on about something completely different and just insert like really oh. big words in there and I would get 100%. And my seatmate is like, how did that get 100%? Like that's not even <laughs> answering the questions. <laughs> so you're graded based on the length of your answer? Yeah, or like maybe, whoa, he, oh. she used a big word. 
perfect. Something like that. It's good <laughs> that you get a high score, but you didn't really learn anything. Like, as you said, you prefer the strict teachers. Yes. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, it reminded me of a religious teacher that we had. He, he likes giving exams, essay type of exams, and he likes long answers as well. And in addition to the long answer, you need to have the word salvation inserted in your essay for it to have a perfect score. Oh my gosh, okay. So, no matter if you blabber about totally off topic, but then you insert the word salvation, <laughs> you get a perfect score. That was the clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that is what I mean. The teacher that I don't like are, are those, you, you've, you've touched on this earlier, teachers that are just reading the book. Yeah, which don't like them. It's kind of a waste of time, to be honest, because... My expectation is books are there for us to read, you know, anytime we can. Yeah. The teachers are supposed to, you know, give context, help us understand what's inside, bridge the gap between what we know, what the book is telling us and what exactly is happening in real life. That's why I appreciated teachers that have actually practical experience in the subject because they're able to insert a lot of context. But for some teachers, they're just reading. I was like, oh, this is just a waste of time. Some of them have very soft voice. I was like, <laughs> I what fall is asleep. the point, yeah. really? I mean, if they're really dramatic in their reading that it would stick in your mind, then maybe it's helping you somehow remember. But if it's just plain reading, come on. There's a better use of our time to be honest yeah like and these are the teachers that some students just cut his class or what because like you, you don't no. really lose anything by doing that you can just read on your own time yeah it's the opposite to what you're saying right you you like passionate teachers and these are the type of teachers that doesn't really give a damn about the product that they're creating so they're just there to collect a paycheck they also actually have extracurricular activities while in college. Mm, I was very active in the co-curricular organization, JPIA, Junior Philippine Institute of Accountants for Accountancy Students. In fact, I ran for vice president and I, I got it during, I think I was fourth year or third year. I, f I forgot, but I, I had a position in, in that organization and I attended a lot of activities, including contests. For some reason, I never won any quiz bowl. I, I joined quiz bowls, but I, I couldn't win. But I did join other contests like debates. I, I joined two debates. Both of them were national and we won both times. Wow. It was, it was really rewarding, but it sounds grand, right? But whenever there's a national convention in JPIA, there's not a lot of schools <laughs> who participate. So you're chances of winning actually is increased. In fact, we went to this national convention in Leyte and there was a dance contest and then there were only two contestants for the dance contest. <laughs> okay. And then when the other school saw our dancers practicing, they were pressured <laughs> and they were so pressured that they bailed. Like, oh my okay, God, so they you, won't dance so you won during by the default? contest. <laughs> Winning by default. And, you know, we were so celebrated when we got back to school. Oh, we are the dancing champions. And, <laughs> Uh, there were banners created. Of course, we didn't mention that there was no co other contestant. <laughs> it was a winner by default. But yeah, that's the kind of national convention. So don't be dazzled by me saying, oh, I want to national debate contest oh, before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is actually a lesson that you can apply in real life, even at work. You can always spin it. Like I remember at work, we joined this badminton competition in Singapore. We were like almost the last place, but then Google didn't show up. So we won by default against Google and that was the, the thing that they decided to tell everyone at work we won against Google conveniently leaving out the part that we are actually like at 20th place but then Google didn't show up so there you go guys oh, marketing marketing <laughs> 
<laughs> so for me, my extracurriculars, I also had a lot. When I was in elementary, one of my teachers told me that the reason why I didn't graduate with honors, even though I had like the top 10 grades or something in my batch, was because I didn't have a lot of extracurricular activities. Because in our school, apparently it needs to be, you know, you have to be balanced. So in college, I overcompensated for that and joined so many clubs. So I dug up my college yearbook to search for my list of clubs mm-hmm. because like, okay, I don't even remember what they all were. And here it is. Self-actualization and leadership training. Think News Magazine. Ooh. Society of Ateneo Scholars. Beacon News Magazine. Ateneo Intrepid Debating Society. Beacon Yearbook. Junior Philippine Institute of Accountants. That's a total of seven clubs. So that's like a lot. Wow. <laughs> and like you, I was also actually um, a leader in the JPA. So I was the president, but my classmates who were the ones who were usually in the leadership positions, they actually became the leaders in the regional JPA. Ah, so I that see. means because the ones who are usually the leadership types, they are already in the regional, right? So in the the local chapter, nobody wanted to run anymore. And for some reason, they pushed me because I was in these other clubs, right? So a lot of people knew me. Mm. So because of that, like my mm. friend, you should just run because like everybody knows you. And then I won, even though I didn't want to run. <laughs> <laughs> it's the people's choice, D. That's how democracy is. So. Yeah, guys, it's a popularity <laughs> contest out there. So there you go. And yeah, so I was a member of all these clubs. The ones that I actually really wanted to get into were the ones related to writing. Like if you notice, there were like two news magazines in there. And I was also the associate editor of my yearbook. Speaking of yearbook, our yearbook was just released actually last year. Why? That is so long. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. It was like a 10th year anniversary year, anniversary um, yearbook or something. So strange. There were some logistical issues, a lot of drama. But yeah, at least better at least late you got than the never, yearbook. Right? But yeah, that's the thing, right? In the US, uh, TV shows that I watch, usually they would get their yearbook at the end of the year, right? Like right before they leave the school, mm. they would have the yearbook. They would ask people to sign the yearbook. Which we didn't do because like yeah. it's expensive and why would I ask someone to damage it? You know, that's not a thing you do in the Philippines. Yeah. In the first place, the yearbook takes way later to arrive because it takes time to compile, mm. to print, and blah, blah, blah. So yearbooks you would get at least at the minimum the next year. But for you, it took yeah. like a decade or something. <laughs> a decade, <laughs> yes. And I suppose with technology, especially now, there are a lot of social media that you can bank on. I think it would be easier. But before, it's quite challenging to do that, actually. So I, I guess the last piece would be like, of course, after all this is done, the end of the journey for college is graduation. Wedding march. Sorry, that's wedding. Well, what's the graduation again? Yeah, graduation, I almost got late. I don't know. My <laughs> mom took a lot of time. Why? Mon Mon actually had the exact same experience as well. And, you know, parents want to dress up, right? It's normal. Uh, yeah. But then, seriously, it's my graduation. <laughs> I, I'm supposed to be the one taking time. I, actually, for the graduates, it's easy, right? Because you're, uh, you're wearing a toga or a gown. So it's not really visible, whatever it is that you're wearing. You know, you can be naked for all I care. It's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's not really going to matter. But the parents, they would be, you know, of course, they're very happy, right? They want to escort you to the stage and all that, especially if you're receiving an award and all that. And they want the photos to be perfect. If you graduate, they feel like it's also their achievement, especially in the Philippines, because parents in the Philippines actually pay for their kids' college tuitions usually. Mm. It's not like in the US where it's only until you're 18. 
18 and then after that you should go find student loans yes yeah, student loans in the US right they usually have to apply for their own college student loans in the Philippines it's usually not like that the parents are usually responsible for their kids educations until college and that is because unlike in the US where in after high school you could actually search for a decent paying job already in the Philippines you need to have at least a college degree in order to get most decent jobs, right? Yeah. How about you? What happened in your graduation? It's not the graduation itself that was memorable, but the one leading to that. So there was this whole drama about a lot of us not being able to graduate. As you mentioned, the retention policy, right? The BSA, BSMA, Mm. and all that. We didn't have the 2-1. We had like the percentage, like the perfect score is 100%. I like that better, actually. (laughs) It's a lot easier. Yeah, so the passing grade is actually 75%, but the retention policy for any accounting major subject you had to have 83% in order to move on to the to accountancy the mm. next year so at the time there were a lot of people who didn't get 83% if I remember correctly, I think I got exactly 83%, but I think it was adjusted. Mm. So I, it wasn't really my problem per se, but of course, everyone is crying all around you. Even guys are sitting on the floor and sobbing. So it was all very dramatic. We got the parents involved and the parents were like, oh, we're going to go to the school and complain. Was the teacher justified? What happened? Why was the scores adjusted all of a sudden? It was probably justified. It was kind of like a review subject, I guess. And then we didn't really do well, which was actually a sign, right? That, okay, you probably are not going to pass the CPA board exam. But I guess the parents, for them, like, well, we don't care as long as they graduate. If they don't pass the CPA board exam, they can still look for jobs, right? Like, you still have the degree. Mm. Like, there are a lot of non-CPAs to go on to have careers. Actually, one of the most successful BSA students in our batch, he ended up becoming a vice president of Citibank. He is not even a CPA. So it's wrong to like hold that against students, if you know what I mean. But anyway, this is this whole thing. The parents were saying that it's a retention policy, right? This is the last semester. So technically, I don't think they were right, but that was what they were fighting for at the time. Like even if you don't get 83%, you still should graduate because you're you're not going to have a next semester anyway. The point is because of all this welga, welga, what do you call this? (laughs) Protests that happened, the department Mm. eventually caved and everyone eventually graduated as long as you got a 75%, which is the passing grade anyway. We had a classmate whose name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's spelled as Jesus. So one of my classmates texted her mom that she was with this classmate. And she said, mom, I'm with Jesus. And then her mom read it as like, I'm with Jesus. It's like, oh my God, what is my daughter trying to tell me? <laughs> like, is she like... Did she kill herself? Or is she planning to kill herself? Kill herself and then send a text <laughs> message? <laughs> From heaven? <laughs> that she is with Jesus. Yeah, so after that, she like immediately called her daughter. And back then, it was expensive to make calls, remember? Yes, very expensive. It was funny. One of the funny moments that happened right before eventually the parents won and, you know, everybody graduated and it was all okay. So that's all the drama surrounding my graduation. Yeah, there, there's a lot of dramas. I recall there was this field trip that we're supposed to go to. I forgot where, but exactly, but maybe Zamboanga. Our batch is supposed to go to Zamboanga for an environmental accounting class. Mm-hmm. Our teacher is from Mindanao, so she's able to escort us and, and do the field trip. It, it was scheduled in a day that there was some commotion in Mindanao. Oh, and no. a lot of parents also did a welga, like protest <laughs> that, hey, why are you going to a field trip in Mindanao when in fact there's a lot of things going on there? How are you able to ensure the safety of my children and all that? Parents of these students are lawyers as well. And so it was really heated debate. You know what? The, the teacher caved in and you said, this is no longer an official school requirement. 
if you want to travel with me to Mindanao, it's already a voluntary event. It was supposed to be like a, a school project. That's why you know, everybody had to go. And, and that's why, you know, a lot of parents hesitated in sending their children to Mindanao whilst there was something going on. Maybe it's the same day, no? <laughs> as, as the one that you mentioned where no, you had an exam. No, I was still in college. Oh, no, probably so not. No. The timeline yeah, isn't the right. the timeline doesn't make sense. Hey, what's the difference between graduation in the Philippines and the US or anywhere else outside? Have you noticed any? I don't remember us throwing our toga caps into the air. Oh, yeah. I don't think we did because we just rented them. So, like, you're afraid to lose yes. your toga cap and then you have to pay. <laughs> and during the rehearsal, we were specifically told not to do that and whoever would do that would have their graduation certificates revoked. Oh, really? Oh, my God. That was the- <laughs> <laughs> so how strict they were. I, I don't know why. I mean, and they were saying that once you switch the tassel and all that, it's like they were saying it's very ceremonial. And so, you know, throwing it out doesn't really give justice to the ceremony. It destroys the spirit and all that. Yeah, I think that's the main difference, I would say. And no speech. I don't know why. Did you have speeches? Yeah, we had a valedictorian and salutatorian speech. Did you have a valedictorian? Because usually college doesn't no. have, right? There's like summa cum laude, manya cum laude, cum laudes. But usually there's not one valedictorian. But for our school, there was. And then wow. but he was my blockmate. He wrote his speech. And then he asked me and this other classmate. I remember we went to Chow King. <laughs> Just seared in my memory. And then he asked us to go through his speech, to critic it. Mm. Well, of course, I was touched and flattered that he asked me to help him with his speech. Mm. And then I remember I actually inserted moments in there as well that weren't there originally because his speech was good, but it lacked moments. I remember I inserted, why don't you insert a moment here where you were studying for something and then your mom came in with a cup of hot chocolate. Ah. And then when you saw her, it reminded you that your parents helped you a lot in this journey blah 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 so he inserted this and I remember when he did a lot of parents after that said that you know when they heard that part in the speech like they got teary eyed oh good job even back then I was already editing podcasts yes (laughs) (laughs) you you were already doing podcasts and and you were not the host you were just (laughs) I was just the editor or the the producer producer yes and and yeah and I remember it was very funny because I think he had an argument with his mom (laughs) during that morning and he almost didn't want to say that part because he was mad at his mom (laughs) (laughs) oh that, that was a good touch I think during graduation obviously it's a very emotional event and classmates parents would cry Probably because we realize that that's probably, for most of us, the last day that we will see each other. Yes. I have a lot of classmates that I haven't seen since graduation. Have you? You must have as well. Yeah, a lot of them like eventually ended up becoming my flatmates in Manila or in Singapore. But then a lot of them also, I never saw them again because they moved back to their provincias. I don't know when we will ever be complete. Even though we have reunions. In our school, we have the Ateneo Fiesta every December. And usually that would include reunions. I don't think I've ever been to one of those simply because it's a very weird timing. It's like the first week of December. Like, why would I go back to Sambuanga in the first week of December when I can go back during Christmas? You know, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So our high school has that, has that similar activity wherein they would gather all the alumni for one day. For college, no. It's usually just organized by ourselves. I went to our 10th year Mm. anniversary. Was it 10th? Yeah. 10th year anniversary in 2019. I was there. It was fun. What if, given the chance, you woke up and you're 17 again, and you're in university, you retain all the consciousness, but all of a sudden, 
you went back in college days. Is there anything that you would want to change? I've actually had this discussion with my friends before. And this was what we all came up with, which is like, we wouldn't have been so serious about grades because we were all such nerds mm. about it. Like, we made it such a big deal. Maybe because we were not rich kids, right? So you were thinking that I need to graduate on time because, first of all, you have a scholarship and you have these grades that you need to fulfill in order to keep the scholarship. And also, you were thinking you need to immediately find a job because otherwise, you wouldn't have any money. Yeah, You don't have a choice, really. And that is probably why we were so uptight like that. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, you can actually be a bit loose because you're young. You're young once. Yes. You can never get back that time. If I could go back, I would probably not take it as seriously, have a bit more fun. And also, I don't know why I was busy thinking back then that like, you know, oh, I'm so ugly. Oh, I'm so fat. But come on. <laughs> I mean, I just want to go back and scold myself for thinking that way. There's a speech, right, about sunscreen. So I saw this in Chicago Tribune by Mary Schmich. I don't know how, to, I think I don't know how to pronounce that. Schmidt. Smich. Okay, never mind. Doesn't matter. Okay, so anyway, so mm. one of her lines is saying that, Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 97, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. He's saying that that's the only advice in his entire speech that is scientifically backed. But then he comes up with a lot of other advice that actually is good. So one of these uh, advice that she says is, Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they've faded. But trust me, in 20 years, you'll look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. That's nice. Yeah, I wish somebody would have said that to me whilst I was studying as well. Yeah. No, I think I read this before, but then you don't really realize it at the time, like, nah, whatever. Uh-huh. And then when you're old and you re- remember that line, you're like, damn it. <laughs> she was right. She was right. So annoying. But what about you? If you are 17 again? Yeah, I would have done the same. Like, I, I, I feel what you're saying because... That's how I was trained as well. Like my parents would always say, hey, you, you should strive for a good score because that, that's how you would get a job. There will be thousands of applicants, but if your scores are better than the 999 others, chances are you will be the one who will get the job. But that's not true no, at all. No, not true. When, when applying for a job, they rarely see the transcript of records. What they will only recognize is, yes, you've graduated from university, but what about your personality? What led you to this place? Like During the interview process, they don't really care about how much you've scored during university. They just care about how you got there. What is your personality? Does it fit with the company's culture? Those are the things that really matter, but I wasn't trained that way. I was given the impression that if I graduate (laughs) with honors, companies would be falling in line to get me. That is not true. That is not true at all. And that's something that I would change actually. Like when I was studying in college, I have this preset thinking that graduate, take CPA, and the rest will be automatic. 
but that is not true. And in fact, I, I have a CPA license, but it's not something that I really use. Like we are not in the Philippines. It's not something that employers actually care about. So if I were given a chance to go back, I would have studied for something else. Like there are a lot of licensure exams, I, I would say that are far more practical than a CPA license because CPA is only applicable in the Philippines, whereas there are a lot more internationally recognized certificates that I would have. If I focused on that, like even if I'm BSMA, I don't care for as long as I get that certification and improve on my personality or my talking skills, my confidence, anything that's you know helpful in landing me a job rather than simply focusing on grades. And speaking of CPA, I am not actually a CPA. I took the exam, failed it miserably because I hated the subject, even though I, I, <laughs> I graduated with honors. I don't know, maybe I had crushes on all my teachers or something. <laughs> I managed to graduate with honors. Just kidding. <laughs> but I still ended up having a good career. I ended up managing to get into global corporations even though I was not a CPA, they weren't looking for that. So if you are a student now and you are thinking like, oh, I need, you know, all those things that your parents probably fed you, just maybe ask other people. <laughs> maybe that's not really something that is as relevant. But we would say, of course, that you should still study. You should at least get a degree. I mean, the Philippines mm. context anyway, that is still required. And actually, please look into extracurriculars. They are actually very important, right? Far more important, yeah. In interviews, that actually helps you stand out. So I would say focus on soft skills. We mentioned we were both in debate and that really helped us to be good speakers. Mm, I would say confidence, actually, public speaking. So I think we're both similar then in what you would want to change. Yeah. The, the more we talk, <laughs> the more we, I realize that we're very similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice realization. Maybe for all you know, the people who didn't really focus so hard on their grades in college would say the exact opposite. So listeners, we would like to ask you the same question. Yes. If you were given a chance to do something really different from what you did before while studying college, what would it be? We would be very much interested to know. And tell us about any interesting experiences that you had in college. Because those are the things that you remember, right? You don't remember your lessons back then. Do not ask me what was on page 68 of my accountancy book in college. <laughs> I do yeah. definitely do not remember that. What I remember was those funny moments like our dog, GP. GP. <laughs> Barking at your classmates atop a glass tabletop. You know, those things are the ones that you actually remember years later. And that's it, I think. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>